You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We said yesterday that there is some kind of equivalence between the stuff that we need to get rid of because it's chametz and the stuff that we need to keep hold of because it's matzah and there's a mitzvah of eating matzah. And the grains which we need to get rid of because they're chametz are the same grains that we need to make our matzah out of. And because of this equivalence, this mirror-like quality between chametz and matzah, and remember that chametz is basically, you know, matzah that we've sort of kind of, or matzah or something that was going to be matzah, maybe we just left it around for too long and it fermented. If it, if we mix it within 18 minutes, it's matzah, and if it's outside 18 minutes, it's chametz, right? It's, chametz is just like leftover matzah in some way. Because of this mirror-like quality, the Mishnah goes away in the middle of the second chapter, which is really focused on getting rid of the chametz. The Mishnah goes away into a little discussion on matzah and on seder. And so we learnt about how to make matzah and we learnt about the herbs that can be we can use to fulfil the mitzvah, bitter herbs. So we, we diverted, if you like, onto seder night. But now we're going to go back on track we're going to go back to the main subject because the main subject of this second chapter and indeed the third chapter is getting rid of the chametz. And that's what we have to do, right? In essence, in essence, there's only one mitzvah before Pesach. We have to get rid of the chametz. So that's the first three chapters of the track date. And we're going to go right back onto that subject with boundary cases, cases of stuff which is not pure chametz or maybe not definitely chametz, or maybe not chametz in sufficient quantity to make us liable. And these subjects cross the second and third chapters. So we'll pick up at the seventh Mishnah. Seventh Mishnah of the second chapter. Ein shorin itamur san the targonolim. We're not going to soak bran for fowls, for chickens. This mursan we've seen before in the when discussing chala and discussing trimmer, I think, that mursan is the kind of coarse bran that you would never eat. I mean, perhaps never. I mean, maybe nowadays if you're real, you know, really into healthy eating, you might. But certainly then, the coarse bran was considered really inedible. It doesn't even count uh, for maser sheni, for example. It's just stuff that you throw away. But you might feed it to an animal. So the question is, well, what if it gets wet? We're not going to soak the bran for chickens because when we soak it, right, it's going to become chametz. But we might actually just scald it. We can pour water over it very quickly. We might use this bran as a kind of something to rub on the skin, a sort of um, a sort of massage accessory. If you wanted to massage some rough stuff into your skin to sort of freshen up your skin, you might want to massage it into your skin. 
a woman shouldn't soak bran to take with her to the bathhouse. So just as we're not going to soak it for chickens, we're not going to soak it for use in massage. Aval, but shafahi yavesh, but she can rub it on her flesh dry. So she can use it interestingly, by the way. So this is potentially chametz, and she's going to the bathhouse. And so she's going to take it to the bathhouse, but she's going to put it dry on her flesh rather than soak it to put it on her flesh. And along the same lines, lo yilos adam chitin befesach. A, a, a guy isn't going to chew wheat and place it on his wound. So this wheat is not chametz. But after he chews it, of course, it's going to get wet. So it could become chametz. So you shouldn't, we're not going to chew wheat and put it on a wound. Mipnei shehen mach mitzot. Because it's going to turn into chametz. He's going to chew it and we're going to wet it. And it's going to turn into chametz. Now, along the same lines, ain not near. I mean, you can see the the poetry, right, in these Mishnayot. They all start ain da 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 da, da and then there's a qualification generally at the end. Ain not near kemach letocha haroset. We're not going to put flour into haroset. Interestingly, right, we make haroset for our seder plate, and interestingly, the Mishnah knows about haroset. Right, it's a it's a word from the time of the chamoset, but we're not going to put flour into the charoset. Ain not nim kemach latocha ha charoset or latocha chardal. We're not going to put flour into charoset or into mustard. Interestingly, they are, by the way, also eating mustard in the time of the Mishnah, and clearly they're eating it on Pesach. A lot of people nowadays are very nervous about eating mustard because it may be kitniot, but in the time of the Mishnah, they don't know about kitniot. They're not worried about it. So they're eating mustard too, providing it doesn't have flour in it. If he did, it must be, you've got to eat it immediately, right? So we put some flour into our mustard or into our, our um, haroset. What do we do? Well, we have to eat it before it gets to 18 minutes. Otherwise, it's going to be chametz. The Rabbi Meir Oser and Rabbi Meir forbids. I'm not sure whether he forbids eating it or whether he forbids putting it into the um, the charoset and the mustard. I presume he forbids eating it. I presume he would just chuck it out. We're not going to cook the Pesach sacrifice in liquids or in fruit juice. Now, we have a, a, a Pasuk that we, um, we have to cook it roasted. We have to roast it. And I think we looked at this Pasuk yesterday. It's up on the source sheet. Roast it. It's got to be eaten roasted. So if we're going to roast it, we're not going to boil it. Um, we're not going to cook it in liquids or in fruit juice. Aval, interestingly enough, there is a get out here. We can baste it and dip it with them. You can see, by the way, that the poetry in the Mishnah is taking over from the rational content. Again, we've segued away from stuff that makes chametz. There's no suggestion that the Pesach sacrifice becomes chametz if we 
put it in liquid or in fruit juice. We're just transgressing on the command to eat it roasted. So we're drifting away on subject matter, but of course we're consistent with our poetry because we have another section of the Mishnah that begins Ein. Just says Ein not Nin, Ein Vashlin. And then finally, May Tashmi Shel Nachtom. A water that's been used by a baker. This seems to be washing water. Washing water used by a baker. Yishafechu. Sorry, Yishafchu. Is we pour it out. We're going to get rid of this. Because it's going to cause leavening. The baker is going to have flour on his hands. And of course the flour is going to go in the washing water. And then we're going to have basically natural fermentation in that water from the bits of flour which are left over in it. So we're going to have effectively... Um, we're going to have chametz on Pesach just growing in that water and we don't want that. So we stop. What about we pour it away? What about stuff which are, if you like, what about stuff which which are mixtures of chametz but doesn't, doesn't this is not pure chametz, right? These are not pure chametz in the sense that they're... Um, Let's go through this list. Now we'll get the idea. Elu ovrin bepesach. These, we might say, translate this as ovrin or removed. These are removed. But at the end of the Mishnah, it seems that ovrin also means transgress. The There's no punishment of karet on these things, but nevertheless, we have to get rid of them. So whether we are over, over avera, whether we transgress a transgression, or whether we have to get rid of these, like ma'avirin, is not quite clear from the language of the Mishnah and the commentators. It seems like it could we can translate this both ways round. But anyway, we got to get rid of them because we transgress. What are they? Kutach habably. There's a Babylonian kutach. There's um Sheikhar Hamadi. There's median uh beer, it's always translated of. It's some kind of alcoholic drink that is from Medes and the Persians. The Chometz Ha'adomi and vinegar from Edom, Edomite vinegar. There's a Tom Hamitsri, an Egyptian Zitom. Ve zomam shel tzvaim. Zomam shel tzvaim is actually dyer's broth. They used to make up some kind of mixture of with sticky mixture with flour in it, in order to use in the dyeing process. And this was a mixture of flour and water, so it clearly has got to be got rid of on Pesach. Ve amilan shel tabachem and cooked dough. Ve kolan shel sofrim. And scribes used to have some kind of paste that was made with dust coming out of, um, uh, basically dust coming out of um, a flour milling that effectively created some kind of chametzi mixture. And you know, it's very interesting that in these examples, we seem to only refer, at least the ones which are made of food, only seem to refer to foreign foods. So we got the Babylonians, the Persians, Edom, Edom is of course a symbol of Rome, and Egypt. 
and of course, these are the great powers. These are the great powers of the ancient world. Babylon, Persia, Rome, and Egypt. And whether why the Mishnah has chosen these, I'm not sure. But we've talked before about the fact that um, Hametz is something which is, if you like, it's technologically sophisticated. It's something that it's an extra... Um, chametz is, if you like, is is a sophisticated way of eating dough. Yeah, matzah is simple. It's just like a pancake. Chametz is... Um, chametz is something that you leave to rise. You can't do, you can't make hametz except in the case of a technologically sophisticated society because you can't get, you can't get the leavening. You know, I don't know who first invented the idea of adding leavening to, to flour and then letting it rise, but it's an extraordinary idea. And we seem to be, this seems to be a statement about these great powers that, uh, you know, we're in the land of Israel, we live in on a simpler basis, we're going back to simplicity with matzah. We don't have stuff from Babylon, from Persia, from Rome, and from Egypt. We don't do this at Pesach. And Rabbi Eliezer is going to come in. We've seen Rabbi Eliezer before in terms of women's issues, and we know he doesn't like women. Af tachshi Rabbi Eliezer Omer, af tachshi nashim, and women's ornaments too. <laughs> He's going to forbid. He seems to be here talking about some kind of cosmetic or maybe a depilatory, some kind of stuff that you'd rub on your skin. But you'd rub it on your skin when mixed up in flour. So the flour was an ingredient in the cosmetic that you'd put on your skin. And then the Mishnah closes. Zehaklal. Kol shehumimin dagan. Anything that is from a species of grain and this is referring by the way to the five species of grain that we looked at a few mishnayot ago this is one from one of our five species kol anything from a species of grain this must be removed or this transgresses on pesach hare elu v'azhara they are subject to a warning. They're not real chametz. So they don't involve this, they don't incur this, this terrible, terrible punishment of cutting off, which is referred to in the Torah. They don't, ref, they don't receive this terrible punishment of cutting off, but nevertheless, we got to get rid of them on Pesach. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.